Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1914. The topic is Q&A and the title is How to Train Around an AC Tear. So the AC is, that, that joint, the AC joint is in your shoulder and it's called the acromioclavicular joint. So no one wants to say that, so they just call it the AC joint. <laughs> and uh, it's where the clavicle, like the collarbone, separates from the connection point of the scapula, the shoulder blade. And that can cause tear, that can cause inflammation. If you've ever benched really heavy or done a lot of bench work but you didn't really warm up, you would feel like a pain in the front of your shoulder, kind of out by the shoulder joint itself. Uh, that's probably the AC joint is what you're kind of feeling. It, it's common that it gets an annoyed in heavy workouts, especially if somebody doesn't have great uh, mobility in their shoulders or they don't take the time to warm up properly. Now, the, like, the reason why we're doing this podcast today is a client of mine, we kind of work together kind of off and on between his work, uh, busy work seasons. And he suffered a shoulder injury in his last uh, kind of like season on his own. So I'll read that email. Uh, He wrote some nice stuff, so thank you very much uh, for the nice stuff. And then it got into the point here. It says, I injured my shoulder in July, which started as a grade 1 AC tear. But with all the manual labor, it almost healed, but then got worse. And I went back, and now it's a grade 3. Any tips on how to train around this? I don't want to quit training as and was about to go into another growth phase, but I'm not sure how to train chest or shoulders or back uh, without aggravating it. So I wanted to go ahead and make him today's podcast and thought it would be helpful for anyone who's dealing with that issue now, and this would now be a reference podcast I can use for anybody in the future. So this client... They're, they've been working to build muscle. They, they have a very physically demanding job. <laughs> very. So they've been wanting to build muscle while staying lean. The issues they've had in the past was they couldn't believe how much they had to eat in order to gain muscle, but it was because they burned so many calories with how physically active they are. However, the timing had to be more precise than what they were doing before, and we controlled sugar content made sure we had enough protein in it. So all of a sudden they were able to eat a lot more, but they actually got leaner. And it was a huge surprise. They were very happy. Uh, We also will work on strength in their programming whenever I help them with the programming. We build in absolute strength, which is just the heaviest things you can lift, and relative strength, which is how strong you are to lift yourself. (laughs) So I like to blend all those in, as well as some cardiovascular elements to not only help Uh, control any excessive calorie intake trying to hit our protein goal so that way he can stay lean but also just to help with cardiovascular performance and health since he does have a physically demanding job now when you're trying to train around an injury whether it's the ac joint or any other injury there's it's a it's a general format but then the specifics of how you do that does get challenging The easy-to-understand general format is avoid what irritates it and then find what doesn't irritate it and then progressively overload those movements. So don't do anything if it annoys it, but find stuff you can do that doesn't annoy it and then progressively overload those movements. 
Now, we do additional things. Let me get way more detail here in a second, so I'm not just going to leave you hanging at that. <laughs> but the additional things we do is make sure nutrition is on point, make sure the person's eating enough calories and enough protein for recovery. Sometimes when people get injured, they drop their calories too severely because they don't want to gain body fat, but then that actually impairs the recovery process. So I make sure they're eating enough calories to recover and that they're eating enough protein to recover as well. You can also get into joint supplements. That's a great way just to make sure there's enough of the proper vitamins and minerals related to uh, joint health are in your system and they're doing what they need to do. So that's the general training approach. Avoid what irritates it, find what doesn't irritate it, and then progressively overload those movements. The additional things we focus on are nutrition and supplements. And you can include hydration in nutrition. Uh, I, I typically don't mention it because it is included in nutrition, but I was talking with somebody last week and and they kind of like thought, oh, wow, you know, I'm supposed to drink fluids too. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so you're looking at uh, 0.5 to 1 ounce per pound of body weight. Now, with how active he is, I hope he's way over that. But a general range for people is 0.5 to, to 1 ounce per pound of body weight. Uh, if you do metric, uh, you can convert that. <laughs> I'm a lazy American, so I'm just going to leave that up to you. But that gives you at least a ballpark of hydration. The calories and protein, if you want to go to our website, www.brittleirongym.com, we have our free nutrition education page. On that page, the very first document is a create your own nutrition program. It actually teaches you how to write your own nutrition program. That way you would find the right amount of calories, the right amount of protein, and the right timing of your calories and protein for you. So you find that for free on our website. Uh, joint supplements, pretty much any supplement works well. Uh, one of my favorite ones that I recommend to family and friends is Animal. The product, the company name is Universal Nutrition. The line of supplements is Animal, and it's their uh, joint supplement. It's called Animal Flex. Uh, the reason why I like that is it's very high dosed. So a lot of the people I work with. Um, are very high volume trainers. So a high dosing supplement works well. Uh, my dad takes orange triad because it has some other elements in it that he likes. Uh, but those are two great products that you can get for, for joint health. Now, some strategies that I've used in the past clients with specific with uh, an AC tear is we typically have to avoid movements such as overhead presses, chest presses, heavy chest flies, back squats even because they have to externally rotate their hands to get up on the bar, and heavy deadlifts. So that's going to be quite limiting if you're used to squat bench deadlift as like the base of your workouts, uh, especially if you do squat bench deadlift and overhead press. If you're a four times a week kind of workout person, those are going to be probably your staples that your workouts are built around. And unfortunately, all of those are gone. <laughs> so now it's like, oh crap, what the heck do I do? Uh, now, I've worked with a lot of people for injury rehab. I have a corrective exercise specialist certification. I've worked with Olympians and professional athletes for injury rehab, as well as just very good uh general athletes like um, high-level powerlifters, uh, bodybuilding and aesthetic type clients, and just everyday regular people, uh, first responders, police, um, you know, like normal normal kind of active careers. They're not necessarily athletes, uh, but they're definitely of noteworthy position, <laughs> and they do have physical jobs that would need them to have healthy shoulders and stuff, so in backs. Uh, but we've worked on a lot of shoulder issues with a lot of people. And the exercises I named 
the overhead press, chest presses, heavy flies, back squats, and heavy deadlifts, they're not always like immediately dropped. We would test any of these. I'm not going to necessarily test them under any remote amount of weight. So for example, if they had not tried to do a barbell squat yet, I would I would just say, hey, can you just bring your hands up mimicking that position? They don't even have anything in there. Like we're just standing there talking to each other. And if they have any pain even getting close to the position, then we're not doing it. Um, at the gym, if we have PVC pipe, I'll have them try it with a PVC pipe if they want something physical to touch. Uh, so we'll test these movements out. And with deadlifts, like you often will be able to get away with some type of heavy holding but maybe not a max effort level type of heavy holding. You maybe can't do a barbell, but maybe you can get away with a hex bar. You know, for back squats, if we have a safety squat bar available, well, heck yeah, we're going to do that. We might even do camber bar squats. Uh, It just kind of depends on what equipment the person has. So none of those movements are automatically no-nos. They're just the typical ones you'd want to watch for. For example, I have clients where we've done a bamboo bench. If you don't know what a a bamboo bar is, it's not technically made from bamboo anymore. (laughs) Uh, But if you paused the podcast and you went on, say, like uh, YouTube and typed in bamboo bench press, you would see that there's uh, certain types of barbells you can get. You can even just get Uh, you know, some type of metal piping from like a Home Depot. You're not going to be able to load that very heavily. But you can get some type of heavy piping from Home Depot or Lowe's, uh, put a little bit of light bands, hang, you know, 10 or 15, 20 pounds off each side, and you can mimic that exercise. It's a very unstable bench press. But what's nice about it is you don't need a lot of weight load for the muscles to feel challenged, and it promotes an enormous amount of blood flow through the shoulder joint. So I've worked with people with um, high bicep, t- uh, you know, tears. Anybody with a chest tear, or you know, t- like uh, like we had a surgery for it, uh, any kind of shoulder issue, even like a lat injury, you can play around with bamboo bar bench press, and they might be able to get away with that for long duration sets. I've done you know, sets of one, two, or even three minutes. I had a client one time, we were working on a, a chest tendon uh, that tore. We were doing three-minute sets on a cable machine for chest flies, and that's typically a, a huge no-no uh, for a, a chest tear. But as you can imagine, if you're moving for three minutes straight, that weight load is not very high, but it got an enormous amount of blood flow. He was a unique case in the sense to where he was getting testing done every other month at a local university, uh, the UNC Chapel Hill, because he had a rare condition that caused uh, degradation of his connective tissues. He and his sister did, and they wanted to research that. So I was actually part of the study with him, and we were doing exercises to specifically work to counter the degradation of the tissue. And it showed in the study, that we were able to stop the degradation completely by doing the the movements and stuff that we did. And towards the end of the study, they actually started to see a little bit of a reversal. And the tissues were actually getting more robust and they were actually getting stronger. So it's super, super, super freaking fun when you get to be part of studies like that. I used to teach at the local university and got to do a lot of studies uh, with exercise. Uh, I mean, I've worked with people with um, like post uh, 
breast cancer survivors where they had to have a mastectomy, and we did exercise to test and see if it helped reduce how much pain medicine they needed. There was a lot of fun. I've, I've, I've had a lot of fun in my life getting to do that stuff. Uh, but um, there's a lot you can do if you know what there is to experiment with. So I know not everybody knows all that, but the point of today's podcast is to help kind of make you more aware of some things. So we went over the typical movements that you're going to probably have to shy away from the basic form, like the basic versions, but maybe you can do, you know, specialty bars for squatting. You can do the bamboo bar for bench pressing, just different ways of doing those movements. The typical modifications that we make in the workouts is we won't be able to do very heavy weight loads because almost always the shoulder is going to be somewhat involved in supporting uh, lower body movements. Now, granted, you could do a leg press, you know, until your face falls off, uh, but the client I'm talking about here, I know he doesn't have a leg press. (laughs) So uh, there are certain movements and certain things I'm going to name in today's podcast because I know it's specific for his equipment availability. But if you do have availability for equipment, um, you know, maybe you have a hip thrust machine, lying leg curl, leg extension. Leg extension, you're still going to get kind of in trouble if you have to pull yourself into the seat. But you could do um, lying leg curls. You can do hip thrust. You can do leg press. There's a lot of different things that you can do if you have a lot of machines available. If you don't have a lot of machines, then you are a little more limited in your exercise selection. But how you can maximize what exercises you do have available is to use circuits. So pair a lot of exercises together. That's going to reduce the amount of weight load you need per exercise for it to feel like a really good workout. You can do longer time under tension techniques, such as slow decentrics and isometric holds. You can do rep tempos. Uh, There's a lot of variations you can do. The idea is how do you make lighter weight feel harder? And that's going to help you get greater intensity in your training, but you get to have lighter weight loads that way you don't aggravate the uh, injured tissues. So circuits are going to help and longer technique, uh, longer time under tension techniques will help as well. Some other elements that we add specifically is a, I do a lot of band work for the shoulders and for postural elements like thoracic strength. This is really going to help pull blood flow into that shoulder joint, bring new proteins in there, and help kind of alert the body to, hey, these tissues need to be a lot stronger. They need to be a lot healthier, so spend time fixing them. Uh, One of the examples, you can go on YouTube and type in Brutal Iron Gym Band Routine for General Shoulder Therapy. That routine, uh, all you need is a you know six dollar set of bands, and you can do a great workout to help strengthen your shoulders. I'll typically do that routine two times a week. Uh, I actually did it every single day. I uh, forget for exactly how long I did. I think it was like three months or something. But I did it every single day for like three months to fix an old sh- shoulder injury that I had, and it has never come back since. I had the injury for like seven years, spent three months doing this therapy, and it's never been back since. And it's been 10, 10 years plus. So very, very, very happy with that. It's a modification of a concept I stole <laughs> from uh, Louis Simmons of Westside Barbell. So I didn't create the therapies. I just adjusted it and made it in a way that I thought was more uh, applicable to the people that I typically work with and myself. Uh, but that's a, a great video to check out. And you could do that routine twice a week. 
Uh, we also add thoracic elements to the training program, like training workouts. So band pull-aparts, Cuban presses, YTWs, there's about 4 million other things. But anything that works the thoracic positioning and shoulder stabilization, shoulder mobility. Now, granted, you're going to have to start with very lightweight, if, if any. You might have to go through like bodyweight-style movements. But if you get a deep burn in the shoulders and it's in both shoulders not just the one that's injured that's probably a great thing to do uh, if you get any electric shocks stop that because that's a bad pain but if you get you know muscle fatigue muscle burning and both sides are kind of screaming a little bit then that's probably a good therapy to get some blood flow into that shoulder so some workout examples i actually went back and found a client i had uh, who had an ac uh, separation issue uh, injury and these are two of the circuits that we used in one of their workouts the first one was band pull-aparts we had uh, underhand bent elbow pull-apart into overhand bent elbow pull-aparts and then we did explosive alternating bodyweight step-ups then dumbbell hang hold alternating reverse lunges and they just needed 25 pounds on each side which was manageable with their shoulder issue and then they did bodyweight static holds so they squatted to just about an inch or two above parallel where they weren't like sitting into the relaxation of the muscles. They actually be, had to be physically holding that position and they had to accumulate 60 seconds. So they might be able to hold it for 20, stand up, breathe, shake their legs a little bit, sit back down into the squat, hold it for 15, stand up, breathe, shake their legs a little bit, but they had to accumulate up to 60 seconds. So that was uh, week four with 60 seconds. So they had them do 30 seconds in week one, 40 in week two, 50 in week three, 60 in week four. Uh, so that was great. We got progressive overload in all those movements, so we added repetitions or we added weight. Another circuit they had was uh, weight plate YTWs. They had little micro plates, so they had like half pound, one pound, one and a half, and two pound micro plates. So we were doing YTWs with that on a bench. Then they did dumbbell dual bent over rows, where they had to hold the isometric for a three count. Then they slowed the eccentric for a three count. So they would row to the top and hold one, two, three. Then he would release one, two, three. And then they go into the next rep. By having the isometric holds and the slow eccentrics, it reduced how much weight they could really use. I think they were using 30 or 40 pound dumbbells, which again, for where they were in recovery, that was okay for them. They could do that. Then we had body weight alternating jump lunges and this is again um they were very athletic so this wasn't any kind of concern over the knees but if you're not used to doing jump lunges i would definitely skip those maybe do uh, just alternating body weight reverse lunges or alternating forward lunges or side lunges but might not want to do a jump lunge then we had them go into safety squat bar paused squats so that was the circuit they would do micro plate ytws Dumbbell dual bent over rows with the isometric holds and slow eccentrics, then alternating body weight jump lunges, and then safety squat bar paused squats. And those workouts worked great. The person was able to work back from their injury, got back into their sport. Uh, they were a uh, baseball player, and they did great. Everything worked out really well. The concepts that you can that we implemented in those workouts that you would want to think of is everything was done in the circuit. And that, again, makes that each movement doesn't have to be loaded as heavily because you're still tired from the previous movement. We pre-exhausted their big movements. So 
in work the first circuit they had to do explosive step up step ups before they did the dumbbell hang hold reverse lunges the step ups would pre-exhaust the muscles so they don't need as heavy of weight on the reverse lunges for the second circuit we had did those jump lunges before we did the safety squat bar squats so the jump lunges would be a pre-exhaust they would pre-fatigue the muscles before the safety squat bar and then we also did extended time under tension techniques. So we did the isometric hold on the body weight squats. Uh, we did the isometric hold and the slow eccentrics on the dumbbell bent over rows. So we were adding in those elements to make sure that the workouts could still be high intense and high intensity, but without too heavy of weight load. So some other elements that you can play with in order to ensure that you get really good workouts would be to increase body part frequency. So maybe you're used to training your body parts only once or twice a week. Well, if you can't use as much weight load, you might want to bump up to two to three times per week. And that'll allow you to still feel like you're pushing and progressing the muscles, even if the weight load has to be lower. You can also spend more time doing warm-ups. If typically you only do two or three warm-ups before your working sets, start doing four or five warm-up rounds. Just get some more volume in before you get to your heavier working sets and that can help increase the overall volume to make up for a reduction in intensity due to weight load reductions. And then also you can add time, add things you don't normally take the time for. If you don't normally do a lot of core work or abs, add more of that in. Work your calves, your forearm, your grip. If there's anything that you don't typically train during the rehab and recovery period from this injury would be a great time to add some of those elements in. That way, you know, you can kind of catch up on them and it's something new to focus on, something new to learn, something new to do. Okay, so that was a lot of information, but I hope it was helpful. And the again, the general approach is avoid what irritates it, find what doesn't irritate it, and then progressively overload those movements. If you have any questions or if you need anything else, I'm always here and I'm always happy to help. Shoot me an email at brutalirongym at gmail.com. If you are considering working with me, you're welcome to. (laughs) Uh, Right now, I'm doing free 15-minute virtual consultations with people. I wanted to have a process where people got a chance to get to feel me out, but I also got a chance to feel them out to make sure that if we were going to work together, it was going to be for the intention of... um, you know, full commitment and a decent amount of time. I have been very fortunate to have a very full client list and I have had to have said no to some people in the past for somebody that was only here for a month or only half-ass committed and I was just getting frustrated with the fact that I probably had to say no to some pretty good people uh, and I was just bummed super bummed. So I want to do these consultations so that way I can get a better feel of how long the person's going to stay around. So that way I can say yes to the right people and not that the ones who left were the wrong people. It's just maybe they weren't quite ready uh, for a coach. I want people to be more ready <laughs> uh, by the time they talk to me. I don't say all that to intimidate you and you know maybe you don't reach out. But I just hope that if you do reach out that you're committed and you're ready to do this because I will give you everything I got. If you want to sign up for that free 15-minute consultation, you can email me at brutalironjim at gmail.com or go to our website, www.brutalironjim.com. We have a sign-up link on the one-on-one services page. 
Okay. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.